Welcome to the Chairsofter Show, your weekly airsoft podcast interviewing retailers, manufacturers, sites and personalities within the airsoft community. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, contact me at facebook.com forward slash the Chairsofter Show, Instagram at the Chairsofter Show or by email on andy at the Chairsofter Thank you very much for tuning in to episode number 52. Joining me this week, I'm delighted to finally get on the show, Matt Fury King, aka Airsoft Fury. Evening, Matt. Hi, Andy. How's it going? I'm not bad, buddy. Yourself? Yeah, pretty good, thanks. Keeping I say, oh, yeah, I say finally getting on the show because uh, last time you were meant to come on the show, uh, we'd just got back from IWA and you'd had a manic night trying to get your car back, hadn't you? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that disaster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll never forget that phone call at Stansted Airport at five <laughs> in the morning. You know, like, I'm still in Portsmouth. Yeah, yeah. Graham phoned me up and he's like, Matt, where are you? And I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I don't know. I'm, I'm like two hours away, dude. And he's like, yeah. oh, I'll rush because the plane takes off in two hours. It's like, Graham, there's not even any point in me trying, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although the roads would have been clear that time of morning. Yeah, true that, true that. But I think I would have like been just in time to watch the. Yeah, you, it would it would have been like that. It would have been that moment that you see in all the films and that where they're literally running to get the plane and it's waiting on the tarmac for that last passenger to yeah, come on. Yeah, that's it. I'm wearing you. a, a trilby hat and it's on it, yeah. little my head. <laughs> that's you dodging duty free at Stansted Airport. <laughs> yeah. But oh, it works out in the end. I managed to get another flight and catch up with you guys. Yeah, exactly. You, so. you weren't exactly that far behind us, were you? Yeah, so that works out all right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. So what, what I'm going to do tonight, um, there's, there's quite a lot you've done over the years and I'm not sure that a lot of people will know about it. So I kind of wanted to get you on to spread the word about all the good work you've been doing in the background with Airsoft in the UK, across Europe, and even further afield than that. So, we won't give too much away at the moment. First off, let's go into how you got into Airsoft in the first place. Well, um, go all the way back to 1995. Uh, I joined the Air Cadets when I was like 12, and the CO there uh, had a friend who had the complete selection of Tokimurui uh, electric guns. Oh, so, they must have been like early days TM stuff as well. Yeah, definitely. Unlike the, the full range of TM guns was like the MP5 series. Yeah. Um, I think there was. I think the G3s were out. Uh, obviously the Famas. Yep. And the M4s, and that was it. You know, the AK hadn't even come out yet at that point. I think it was like just on the horizon. Um, so yeah, and they were, you know, they were imported from Japan, and like airsoft electric guns were, you know, not not like super rare, but they weren't common, put it that way. Yeah. Um, and uh, and they're bloody expensive too. And uh, for some idiot reason, he would let us uh, kitty winkles um, take one each. And uh, used to do like military training type exercises. Yeah. Um, so you know, rather than uh, like airsoft skirmishes, we just sort of you know, compete in a sport like manner as well. You know how sort like the, air- sort of the patrol skills and that. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you know, how, like air cadets is a bit. Bit sketchy around firearms, you know. Yeah. Like a lot yeah, of unfortunately, I do from first-hand experience. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he tried to justify a bit more by having sort of military training stuff with them. Um, but you know, long short of it is, I was totally hooked. And uh, yeah, all right, this is cool. I want to do this myself. And um, yeah, so I just sort of uh, did that for a few years and uh, picked up my own, you know, like Springer shotguns and stuff. And eventually. About uh, when I left school, uh, got my first job and um, was able to afford a Tokimuri AK-47. Ooh. 
like uh, when when was it that I was trying to think the other day? Classic Army were like the second people to come out with AGs. I was trying All to right. think like when that was. Oh, I, I dread to think. I dread to think. Yeah, it must have been like two thousand two ish. Anyway, yeah, like the the so the TMs were just like all you could get, and that was the electric guns. Um, and uh, yeah, so I picked up an AK, and then um, I went along to Combat South. Was my first site I played at. All right. Um, and then a couple of other local sites. And I had to get like the bus and the train, which is obviously a bit of a nightmare. And um, when I went to Firefly, which was an event organised by a guy called Alex Goody. It was like one of the first big airsoft games in the UK. Yep. Um, there was like well, there was probably hundred of us, and um, at the time, uh, it was like hundred people. That's like wow. That's like a lot of people playing airsoft in one place, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's a normal skirmish for us these days, isn't it? You know. <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. You know, you think about how many people you can see at a game day these days. It's it's unbelievable the the size of some of these sites and how many people they can actually accommodate of a Isn't day. It? Yeah, they must be turning over a fair bit of money. That yeah. many people come through every weekend. Some of these sites. Crazy. Yeah, I'm thinking of Rift, where you can sort of see 120 players at a game day, and that's yeah, at a tiny one. site. Yeah, well, um, my favourite site, uh, Warminster Airsoft. They have like 120 players every single weekend. They run like every single weekend. That's Just, mad. Uh, yeah, it's crazy, and that's like a little local site. Yeah. Um, so yeah, anyway, um, I went on to this uh, big airsoft game, um, and then just after that, uh, met up with a local guy called Lee, um, who I've met up again with recently, which has been pretty wicked, and we started yeah. doing the games, and uh, yeah, from there on, I was sort of uh, very much immersed, I was a, a regular, every given Sunday skirmisher, I guess. Yeah, it's, it's cool because it sort of shows just the... Uh, longevity of some of these players and how long they've actually been around and I don't think a lot of people coming in these days will realise just how long it's actually been going on but the fact that at the start it was very much a taboo subject wasn't it? Yeah it was, it was a little underground it was kind of uh, a lot of people didn't play on like proper sites they just sort of went out to the woods Yeah. and it was all a bit like a bit kind of, I don't know, a sketchy edge to it Bit, yeah. bit, like say underground is the best way of putting it and, uh, and I think people kind of missed that when it went commercial like, <laughs> like the dodginess of it but, um, yeah you look at the community now it's booming isn't it yeah so mainstream isn't it yeah and you know not in a bad way but uh, you know it's absolutely it's just a big proper sport now brilliant yeah well obviously with the growth in airsoft with with things getting bigger and bigger and more popular more and more restrictions tend to come in around it, don't they? Which yeah. is kind of one of the main things you've been involved with. So you became the chair of UCAPU, uh, when was that? A fair number um, of years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, that was. we started forming UCAPU in 2009. Uh, that was when I, I left the army. And yep. uh, on about time, yeah. Uh, we had the UK Airsoft Sites Governing Body. Uh, yeah. And UCARA, the UK Airsoft Retailers Association, um, yeah. and so they were putting, you know, the uh, the perspective forward to the authorities uh, of the sort of two commercial elements of airsoft. Yeah. Um, and the players didn't have anyone representing them because yeah. you know essentially we hadn't got our asses together organised. So 
yeah, so that's what we started back in 2009. Was um, I, I sort of I thought, well, you know, obviously, no one's getting on with it, so I'll pop myself and um, to go with some friends and some influencers around, and uh, yeah, and they elected me chairman, and we went from there. From, yeah, about 2009-ish. Yeah, so so just as a uh, brief introduction for those who've not come across UCAPU, obviously you've said how it came to be, but just to explain what it is to everyone. Okay, so UCAPU is UK Airsoft Players Union, and it is a collective of Airsoft players that represent themselves collectively, basically. Um, so if there's... Uh, the government look at making changes to the way airsoft is regulated or changes to laws that affect airsoft then uh, essentially we can all speak for ourselves by speaking through the organization new capital really that's yeah that's what, what it is really it's just it's just all the airsoft players getting together with some headed letters and uh and a, and a website and some official titles and you know pooling resources and uh yeah, it's just it's just all of us together uh, for one aim, really. Yeah, which obviously you guys did a lot of work that some people may not even know about, uh, especially recently with the recent uh, PCA, didn't you? And that's right. Yeah, um, like you were saying a second ago, like people don't sort of know the history of airsoft. I guess. Yeah. Um, a lot of people come in and they only play for a year or two, uh, and there's there's quite a lot of people in and out of the sport, so. I think some people assume that that's the case for everyone, you know? Yeah. Um, and they don't know there's... Like, have you been on the Old Bloke Airsoft um, page? I haven't, but I'm going to look for it once we're done. Yeah, it's well good. It's, it's like ancient buggers like me uh, who've you know, been playing. And there's people on there who've been playing 10 years longer than me, you know? It's brilliant to actually see all those people who are still out there playing. And I think... Yeah, a lot of people who are newer and younger too don't realise that this has been going on since the mid '80s, really. Yeah, um, I, th- I think I think the proof of that was a recent video for, or it, actually, it wasn't that recent, but it was a video from Red Wolf Airsoft where they got a Mister Airsoft Surgeon's collection of vintage oh. airsoft guns out and oh, looking at one. some of the. Yeah, I'll I'll drop a link into the video uh, in the uh, description for the episode but it's well worth a watch because you can see just how the kit we've got today has developed over the years and get yeah. right back to the grassroots of these things you know that they're, they're unreal it's yeah. it's mad and uh, even now technology is really pushing forward uh with the, with the sort of reintroduction of hpa mm. into the mainstream and um like it or hate it it's here to stay regardless mm. uh and obviously the way AEGs are coming on as well with these mm. sort of split gear boxes and like the GBLS DAS sort of I was like gonna say, yeah that GBLS that's a real move forward that's like uh, the first big one I've seen for a while uh, yeah. I remember that one from Iowa the uh, CO2 M4 that was like shell ejecting oh yeah the uh, rare arms yeah that was wicked about that yeah, that that they've really got a market there for the guys that want to do the uh, realistic side or the super realistic side of yeah. like three gun and that with that yeah, becoming yeah. ever more popular with their stuff. And even if you go back to like just plain AEGs, you know, you compare like a Tokyo Marui G3 to like today's uh, LCT G3, and it's like 
wow, you know, that's that's a big jump forward in quality and manufacturing techniques. Yeah, well, yeah, LCT are sort of a league of their own, really, aren't they, with the quality of the rifles they build? Yeah. That's, that's going to shock some people, actually, that listen to the show that go, you're a TM fanboy. I own an LCT, and I need to field it more because it's a lovely, lovely rifle, and the range yeah. is really good out of the box mm. as well. It's not yeah, been upgraded, yeah. nothing. Yeah, um, definitely. So, yeah, you, Kapu, obviously, uh, you were the chair there, and then you got involved with the European Airsoft Association as well. Uh, that's right, yeah. So, as you were saying, like, uh, um, people sort of don't realise what happened in the fairly recent past. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, and, like, so we, we formed UCAPU 2009 as a bit of a shock for people. Um, and uh, we were just trying to get it ready in case any real bad stuff happened, like it did in 2006 with yeah. the uh, BCRA. Um, and, yeah, I guess people quickly forget these things, you know? Um Somebody pointed out to me, Ken Elston actually, he was the chairman of the UK Airsoft Science Governing Body. He said, well, you know, in the future, anti-airsoft laws might actually come from Europe, might not just come from the UK, so maybe we should think about uh, that side of things. Yeah. Um, that kind of stuck with me, really. And then yeah. uh, some of the Dutch guys formed uh, European Airsoft Association, uh, which was... Um, uh, and I, I saw that I thought oh right okay this is a good idea you know we're all working together just uh, to collectively lobby um, the European government which is a pretty good idea and uh, but they basically they kind of gave up for that um, and sort of let drop so I stepped in because I thought the worst thing could, that could happen there would be that the EAA would form uh, and then it would fail, and then people would say, "Oh, well, we tried to make a, a European body before, but it didn't work out." You know, yeah. There might like a cynicism around it if anyone tried it again. So, uh, it, it's quite a simple organisation. There's not like a great deal to it, but yeah. So I stepped up and uh, I was elected the uh, president of the European Association as well. Oh, yeah, that was in 2011, I believe. Yeah, that's right, about 2011. Yeah, and I did that for a few years. Um, not much to it. It's like I say, it's it's a fairly low key organisation. Um, but with the main thing with Yukaku and the EAA is just you never know when a problem is going to arise for airsoft. Um, yeah. As it's like it's all about uh, a particular politician might be scheming something up. Uh, they see airsoft as a cheap, easy target. Don't think anyone's protecting it. And then they just suddenly launch a piece of legislation, and you just don't know when that's going to happen. You know, someone could be scheming something up now. Someone might not scheme something up for 15 years. You know, so the idea of these associations is not that there was a big problem on the horizon, but that we were ready for a problem by having the organisations there, basically. Yeah. Now, now one thing while we're talking about Europe that I heard a story about, and I, you're, you will now confirm whether or not this was true. I mm. heard a story that obviously there was a big bill they were trying to put through Europe uh, regarding airsoft and legislation around it. And by all accounts, you actually found out they were trying to do something with this bill and push it or something, and you jumped on a plane and flew over to Europe that day to try and sort of alleviate the issues that they were finding and try and sort the problem out. Now, I'm not sure how true that is. Let's find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not... Um, 
a million miles away. Um, so what happened? Uh, there was a a I don't know, I think the exact term. It was a EU proposal 2015 slash 0269, yeah. um, and we christened that the EU attack on airsoft. Yeah. Um, and what it was was it was a big piece of legislation that basically a French politician wanted it to be the case in France that uh, like a load of anti-gun stuff would go through in this bill. Um, he got given the boot, nobody was interested in it in France. So to push it on a France, he basically got his mates in the European Commission to push it onto the entirety of Europe, uh, which is really the EU at its absolute worst. It was really undemocratic, you know, the fact that one guy yeah. can push all this stuff on like the 540 million people that live in Europe. Um, yeah, it wasn't crap, yeah. really. Yeah. And you guys thought Brexit was bad. Uh, yeah, so this is not my little. Yeah, gosh. Well, I say my. A lot of us have to deal with this 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 massive headache. Uh, so, yeah, I um, I was dealing with the uh, the um, uh, BCRA, not BCRA, PCB. Sorry, the yep. Police and Crime Bill or Act as it is now. Um, so my input into this EU thing was only for. The first couple of months, and now I had to hand the association over to Jochen Deckers. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I did a, a few flights, like um, like over to Europe, and sat in the European Parliament and talked to uh, uh, well, the, the commissioner and a few other people for that piece of legislation. And uh, Jochen Deckers, from who was the president of the EAA, like I say, to go from me, he went into the European Parliament quite a bit as well. And uh, yeah, there was some last-minute stuff that we had to go in and see. And uh, the great thing is, because Ucapu's been collecting subscriptions for like you know eight years at that point, um, we actually had the money to pay for my flights to get over and, and actually you know stick my nose in to do these things. Because uh, obviously, if it was down to me, just take last-minute flights over to Brussels, then well, you know, I could barely afford that. So. Uh, yeah, it'd yeah. be interesting to see how things would shape up if you hadn't at the end of the day. Where we'd be now? Would we be having this conversation or would Airsoft have been banned? Well, yeah, well, I think Airsoft, if that collective response hadn't happened, um, yeah, I think we would have been done, to be honest. Because the, the main, there was kind of three big bodies to input it, really. There was the European Airsoft Association, like I said, mostly Joachim. I, I yeah. did some bits involved, mostly Joachim. Uh, did a lot of work. Uh, the uh, the S associations around Europe, they like particularly the French association uh, and the Belgian one. They also got the noses stuck in. That was great. Uh, as is did Ucapu. Uh, S players from around Europe wrote into their uh, MEPs, and yep. that also made a big impact. And finally, the S industry. Uh, worked towards stopping this but I, I sort of say that with a bit of scepticism because it was only really a, a few members of the airsoft industry yeah. most notably um, ASG and Cybergun I was going to say you think about ASG and Cybergun they're sort of the European manufacturers yeah they? they're really good I mean they're properly professional companies and they've got you know big proper multi-million pound businesses uh, and they sent proper lawyers and lobbyists down and uh um, yeah, and um, they made a, a big impact as well. And sort of, 
with all this effort, basically what happened was all the airsoft stuff was taken out of that um, that bill. Yeah. Sorry, that proposal. And instead, they actually wrote in that airsoft was non-firearms into the proposal, which meant that went into European firearms law. So, so yeah, those guys all managed to take it from uh, virtually the end of airsoft to actually airsoft is definitely not a firearm. Yeah, because I seem to remember on the community groups around that time, there was a hell of a lot of debate of how long have we got left? Am I going to need to sell everything? And Yeah. Did you notice a lot of defeatism? That's what I saw a lot of, defeatism. Yeah, it, it was almost like, well, we I, th- I don't know if it's because sort of VCRA was still, and obviously with the PCB going through, it was yeah. like everything sort of hit at once obviously the VCRA was already yeah. in place but I mean there's barely a day goes by where you don't hear someone talk about it or quote it or yeah. mention Ukara on a group um, yeah yeah and the, the third thing as well the um, the Scottish uh, air gun licensing bill that was it was unknown how that was going to affect Airsoft for a oh, while oh yeah I so forgot like, about that one as well yeah. that was the same time weren't it it was all at the same time I, I've never known a period like it yeah yeah so Guys, if you see these people around in in uh, games, thank them for saving airsoft for you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like it's it's because yeah, people just sort of think, well, you know, I've been playing airsoft for ages. I don't hear about this stuff. Uh, airsoft's still here now after it, but it's like, yeah, it's not just because airsoft perseveres no matter what. It's because there's a few people like uh, David Weston running Ukafu and Jochen yep. Deckers and uh, and you know a few airsoft companies. And airsoft action are always, uh, uh, always looking into this sort of stuff, legal issues around the world. Uh, it's just a few people that are keeping it alive, and it's yeah. surprising how many people want to kill it. I'm glad you mentioned airsoft action there as well, because I remember they did a big, big article about what the PCB meant for airsoft within the UK mm. and explained everything in. I don't want to say excruciating detail, but it was so detailed that you couldn't not understand it by the end of it if that makes sense right that's good yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying i'm trying to think of the right words to say there because it, yes it was a very detailed article but you actually read into it it was an amazingly written piece of uh journalism right and like it really helped like me personally understand exactly where i stood right and, right. and i think more people need to read it because how many people these days go oh yeah section five which i've not actually seen confirmed anywhere the whole Section 5 debate. Yeah, well, um, the people who wrote the law, uh, we, essentially, you have to ask them for confirmation and they shrugged. So, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, typical typical politicians, hey? Yeah, basically, <laughs> uh, I don't know, kick it down the road. Does it affect me? Not really, yeah. I'm fine. Uh, it's, yeah, thanks. as long as you're within the rules and you don't need to worry, the only time we'll find out what happens is when someone decides to be a dick and ruin it for everyone and mm. disobey those rules and then wow. we'll find out just exactly what it means at the end of the day. I See, the thing with UCAPU is that um, we're basically obligated to uh, try and protect our members proactively yeah. and reactively. So if one of our players uh, gets in trouble with the law... And, uh, you, and, and basically, if they need our help, we can interject on their behalf, and frequently do. You, we can't talk about it because obviously it's personal legal problems. But yeah, the, the, those guys over there are just they're doing that all the time. But more importantly than that, really, is the 
protect our members before they get in trouble. So get clarifications on how to actually how to exactly stick to the law. Yeah. And uh, from there, uh, you know, we can write guidelines and, and issue guidance, and uh, and people can stay safe. But the that's not been forthcoming from the government. They've written some laws which have basically put a very definitive uh, mark of, of what's a firearm and what's airsoft. Uh, but there's a loads of devices which tread both sides of that line they put down. Um, yeah. They flatly refuse to clarify the individual issues, um, which is pretty pathetic, really. Uh, they're just being being lazy, if I'm quite honest with you. So that's the the problem for me is not yes, there's grey area, uh, but that grey area can be used against us. So at the moment, like I've got a GHK AK, um, and that it, it you know it's full auto airsoft gun. Uh, I'm running it on CO2 cartridges, and I've got a power restrictor in there so that it does uh, exactly one point. One four joules, which is yeah. uh, three fifty. But so it's like great, okay, it's full auto. You put the maximum power of gas through it, and uh, and it works on on full auto. Up, you know, under the legal limit, so that's great. Um, but if you actually stick 0.43 BBs in it, then the power output doubles. <laughs> yeah, the, the good old dual creep. Yeah, the, the the topic of discussion for some yeah. people. So. Um, the problem there is, like, if the police, uh, I don't know, if they called me over for some reason, didn't like the look of me, took my gun for testing, and then put 0.43s bullet, uh, then it would be over the uh, over the power limit, um, and it would count as a second by firearm potentially. So, so with some of our kit, it's like, well, I'm I'm taking as many courses as I can, but I mean, I can't, you know, if the the testing gets fudged, then. Uh, then I'm going to be counted as having a certified firearm, you know? And that's... I'm not necessarily going to get picked up. I probably won't get picked up for just carrying on and just, you know, being the sensible normal airsofter. But there's, like... How many airsofters are in the UK, recommended? Oh, we, we, we've had this discussion countless times. That there was sort mm. of... Uh, I'd guess... sort of, you, you think about how many sides there are. And a hundred players per site, roughly on a game day, and uh, I dread to think because not, yeah, <laughs> it's one of those. <laughs> yeah, a lot, I guess. Yeah, maths, like... maths escapes me. I, I don't want to try and figure it out because yeah. there must be thousands. Yeah, it must be. I'd, I'd say I don't know, like maybe forty, fifty thousand players, something like that. I mean, there's a lot of people yeah. out there, aren't there? Let's let's. I'm I'm just having a look now. Let's look at. Um, the UK Airsoft community, which is yeah. the biggest group. That's 22,900 members. Yes, granted, they're not all necessarily from the UK, but that's 22,900 people in a UK-based group yeah, actively yeah. engaging in the community. So, Remind you, if you check it now, it might have more members in it. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. anything you checked like an hour ago is not necessarily going to be there. <laughs> yeah, well, that was literally just typing that in there. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you combine you you times okay. My kit could like a low, you know. All right, say we've got fifty thousand players, uh, and twenty thousand of them have got kit, which arguably you might 
be a firearm. Uh, and then you have them playing for like 10 years. Like how many of them are going to get picked up for like speeding or, uh, you know, or, or, or something like that? Like the chances of being picked up in your airsoft kit being checked over when you times it by that many people, I think it then becomes a bit of an issue if you look at the great community. Hmm. Like for an individual, you're fine. You, 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 you know, the likelihood of you getting picked up, like likelihood of me getting picked up my GHKAK, very, very slim. But UK's look, the UK soft players union is looking at that big picture and saying, right, well, we actually do need more better clarification here, you know. Yeah, and I, I mean, anyone who's not involved needs to get involved and look check these guys out and offer them their support because at the end of the day, they are fighting to make sure that we're protected and we're within the law and the work they that everyone who's involved with UCAP who does is unreal, it's second to none, it's keeping our uh, airsoft, airsoft community alive at the end of the day and our airsoft in the UK you know a lot of people owning an airsoft gun is probably the closest they're going to get to actually shooting a real one yeah. so yeah it's, it's ideal um, but obviously, it's not just been the UK and in Europe that you've been involved, is it? You've actually been assisting the guys in Australia with their campaign to legalise airsoft. Yeah, that's right. I've been doing a little bit of work over there. Um, so, Australia's got a lot of aircraft, and I'm an aircraft engineer by trade. And uh, it's quite an outdoorsy place, and it's somewhere I've always quite fancy living with me. Uh, yeah. But... I said to my mum, I don't know, probably five years ago, I said, oh, I was, yeah, I've been thinking about moving to Australia. And she said, you can't do that, airsoft. All <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, yeah. And I guess your, your mum always knows you, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So so what is actually going on over there at the moment, so everyone knows? Because like these are guys that are, are probably dying to get involved with the global community, you know. We'd be more than happy to have these guys involved in the community because, at the end of the yeah. day, the more we grow it and the more we get the word out there about airsoft and what it is, and sort of a, try to alleviate the fears that some people may have about it. Yeah, uh, definitely. So, about five years ago, when I first started looking at like Australia, there was um, a group called the Australian Airsoft Council, yeah. and they were putting forward proposals. Uh, and I, I started, you know, when I sort of started taking interest in things. And they thought there was a good chance to get an airsoft legalised, but it was going nowhere. It really just, yeah, no, no chance, basically. Airsoft guns have been banned over there since 1996. Uh, and so, yeah, so they've got a total total ban on anything that fires airsoft ammunition. Uh, and there's also restrictions on imitation firearms. Hmm. And there's restrictions on firearms that look like military issue weapons as well which is a bit of a strange one uh, so yeah so I sort of kept looking at what was going on over there but it wasn't going anywhere uh, until recently when a new group called the um, Western Australian Airsoft Club started to uh, lobby quite heavily and then other airsoft groups popped up uh, around the different uh, states Australia and actually started making enormous progress. Like they started hitting it really hard and doing really clever events. They got the uh, Liberal Democrat Party in Australia interested in it, and, uh, and and actually started making genuine progress. So I've been giving them advice uh, because they want to kind of copy the UK system, and yeah. uh, um, 
certain degree copy the sort of the, the structure of Yukapu. That was kind of how they started out. Uh, so yeah, that's been fantastic, really. Um, you know, those guys have been putting all the effort in, and I've just been giving them a little bit of advice here and there. Uh, but I'm also in, last year about this time I started running uh, a website called Australian Airsoft News. Yep. And uh, like I say, that's Australia is kind of where my future is. I don't know, it seems very strange for a guy in the UK to be running Australian Airsoft. <laughs> but like you say, they're they're like big time cut off from the airsoft community, uh, and they really want to be involved. And I think I'm in a good position to uh, help bring the world of airsoft to them. You know. Yeah. Are they close? Yeah, they are really. They, like I say, they've been doing really fantastic work, and uh, Australian Airsoft News is sort of trying to keep people interested in airsoft and trying to support that. But it's been the guys on the ground over there that, yeah, they've, they've done a massive amount, and it's basically coming. It's, uh, it'll, I think, in Western Australia, it'll be legalised before the end of this year. Yeah, I would say, uh, which in political terms is is very soon. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. I can't, I can't wait to see this all come out and then finally get involved. And welcome to the community, guys, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah, they're um they're mad keen on airsoft already. They've got like, uh, have you come across gel ball? I've I've seen that around. Yeah, that's been coming out more and more recently in the groups. I've seen oh, more and more about this gel ball. You see pictures of it popping up. Yeah, it's weird. It's well, it's basically airsoft for people who can't have airsoft. Um, <laughs> and they're like they're about the same power as an airsoft gun but they fire like a little water filled ball um, yeah. it's got a big calibre uh, it's quite heavy and doesn't go very far and obviously it just sort of bursts when it hits you uh, and the range is bloody awful and the quality on them is, is absolutely horrendous they're like <laughs> the cheapest AGs you could ever possibly imagine you know yeah. uh, and they're not quite one to one scale they're just I don't know from a an airsoft snob, <laughs> they're just perspective, they're just terrible. But hey, you know, at least they get to play a skirmish game. Yeah, I, su- I suppose at the end of the day as well, it's something that we can take for granted because at the end of the day, we do have all these amazing bits of kit available to us, and then you don't necessarily realise just how bad it can be for some people. <laughs> yeah, there's poor bastards over there. Uh, I think China as well, China started playing gel ball um, because they're not allowed to wear stuff there, so. It's cool anyway. At least they're actually they're playing a skirmish sport and they're kind of getting ready, get themselves ready for airsoft. You know, with the like teams in the fields and stuff. Good, good. Well, I'm sure we'll keep an eye on that. I'll definitely be keeping a close eye on what's going on, um, and I'm hoping that we can chat to these guys and get them involved soon. Yeah, it's an exciting time. Um, they're uh, like I say, they're really motivated and um, and they're doing fantastic work. Uh, and it is going to happen. Like it's just a matter of just keep pushing the way they're pushing and uh australian public to sort of keep behind them really uh and hopefully i'll be living in australia from uh, maybe autumn this year onwards got like quite a busy year planned in the uk so uh yeah i'm gonna go play a bit of airsoft over here and then skip over and uh yeah hopefully be on the on the the first row of one well, the first generation of austrian and airsofters at least since the 90s anyway yeah, awesome, awesome. I think that's enough from the politics for now. Uh, <laughs> I didn't realise we, we we've just spent half an hour discussing airsoft politics, and I don't think anyone's going to get salty, which is weird. <laughs> yeah, jeez, oh, 
Yeah, salty people and spending my life talking about politics. That is, yeah, something I'm yeah. very familiar with. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I just wanted to sort of lighten the mood a bit now uh, because you've done a couple of other things. The first thing that I wanted to go on was, I believe it was Airsoft Wars, the events that you yeah. were telling me about in the Czech Republic. Now, guys, I, I, I got introduced to this by Matt at IWA and they look fucking unreal, these events. Like, imagine, like, the Milsims over here and take that to another level is the only way I can describe it. Yeah, I think... Um... People think of me as an airsoft politics guy, and not so much a millsimmer. Yeah. Uh, and I tell them about these events, like the airsoft wars events particularly. And I think a lot of people think I'm bullshitting because the level that this is played at, it sounds ridiculous. It, it sounds like a like a ultimate fantasy of what mm-hmm. airsoft could be like. But this is real, you know. Like every single year, they run three games. And uh, and they're just the, the maddest shit you can imagine, really. Yeah, because the one thing that got me was the fact that like we, we chat about the legalities in the UK and it seems it's pretty much non-existent until you get up to the muzzle velocity of a real firearm over Yeah, that's right. I think the um, legal limit of Airsoft in the Czech Republic is, is something like 18 joules. Yeah, it was 16 or 18, he said, yeah. when we were chatting to the guy at um, IWA, but... We were just watching the videos, and he was saying it's like, what, a six-hour respawn if you're killed? That's right, yeah, yeah. You get shot um, at Lizard or Protector, and you're dead for 16 hours. Uh, sorry, uh, six hours, yeah. That's right. Well, that's a perfect time to get some kit then, I suppose. <laughs> it is. Like, you don't mind. I mean, because it's, it's pretty hot over there uh, in the summer, and uh, and you're working your ass off, and it's quite tense. Uh, and if you, you know, you're shot, you're dead, you kind of go, oh, Christ, this is nice, you know? I might, like pop into town and you know sit down and uh, be on a restaurant or like sleep for six hours you know um and actually you can at uh protector you can just like doesn't matter what team you're on you can just put like civilian clothes on just role play a civilian for six hours you know yeah i was gonna say because you had some guys at one of the i think it was one of the kandahar ops or something one of the afghan based ops that they had and they were literally guys with all the gear on and the anti-ISAF signs and everything, role-playing the shit out of being like Afghanistani villagers and that. Yeah, yeah. So if people aren't aware of what it is, basically, uh, Lizard and Protector are both uh, Afghani role-play events. Uh, and they're set during you know during the Afghanistan uh, conflict. So you've got ISAF and uh, against Taliban, and then you've got literally like, oh, probably 700, 800 villagers. Um, spread out through, oh, I don't know, how many villages? Probably about eight or nine villages. Yeah. And you got like military fortresses, and everyone's in like vehicles, and and everyone just turns up with like a character and motivations, and uh, I, I just just role plays the hell out of it, basically. Yeah, it, it, the the videos look awesome, guys. Check them out. Airsoft Wars on the internet, uh, just watch the videos just to see what these things are like because I don't think we could really do it justice sitting here talking about it at the end of the day, could we? You have to see it yeah. to believe it at the end you of the do. day. Yeah, my friend, I was, I don't know, my friend Yams, he went to one and then he came back and he says, you have to come to this, this is nuts. And I went to it and it was only when I got there, I was like, yeah, this is nuts, this is this is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I've never I've never played anything like this, you know, it's... Uh, it's probably more role play than airsoft, but ah, it's just intense, and everyone has yeah. so much fun there. 
Oh, and uh, before I forget, the normally like on the popular soft awards, the um, the top games are like all ones which are kind of okay. But Protector is actually um, one of the nominees for the yeah. for uh, uh, the popular soft awards. So you should definitely vote for that if you haven't voted already. Yep, there you go, guys. You know to vote for now. Are you on there, Andy? Is a chess officer show on there? Yeah. Awards. <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> I, I might have mentioned it once or twice on Instagram and on last week's episode, but yeah, I'm on there. Um, under there you the go. Podcast or YouTube channel. Get yeah, vote uh, in the polls. So, double vote. Yeah. <laughs> and Tokyo Mirror, just vote for everything Tokyo Mirror as well. I don't, I don't care what it is. Just vote for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stay neutral on the voting for guns because there are some awesome bits of kit out there from a lot of manufacturers. And albeit I'm a TM fanboy at heart, I don't think I could just vote TM anymore. If that oh. makes sense. Oh. No, you're right, but but, but still, TM on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but it's not just about these mill sims. You've also been doing quite a bit of work with your airsoft fury and doing some quite astonishing things with some vehicles. Yeah, um, well, let me think. We back in 2010, I think, maybe 2011, uh, went to Birgit. You know the, the big yeah. game, yeah, up in uh, halfway up Sweden, um, with Hanasand. And, uh, and that's like a massive uh, combat operation. We've got sort of like big formations of infantry and also vehicle convoys. Uh, and you've got to like, it, you know, when you play infantry, you've got to spend a lot of time slogging around the site. Going up and down mountains, it's, it's really hard work. And by the end of it, you're just exhausted. And we always looked at the guys roaming around in vehicles going, hmm, hmm, well, that looks a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. Um, especially when you've got a because like, driving back from that game in Harnessand, it's uh, 22 hours from Harnessand to Calais. Uh, and then you've got to, you know, obviously you've got to take the ferry, and then you've got to drive to the UK. So coming back from that absolutely exhausting was just you know, it was pretty horrible, you know. So uh, we started sort of taking little cheap Suzuki 4x4s, because you can pick them up off on eBay for, you know, a few hundred pounds, uh, throw a top gun on it, and uh, and you're away, really. That's all you need to do. And that became like our our thing. Like we we became a kind of vehicle mounted uh, team. Uh, so I think the best vehicle I've built so far was uh, called Spooky. It was a Suzuki Grand Vitara with uh, a hole cut in the roof, and we put a, a machine gun rotating ring from a, a G wagon up there. Put like a cam <laughs> on the roof, and uh, yeah, that was wicked. That had a lot of fun in that car. Um, yeah. Yams has been running a little uh, hardtop Suzuki Vitara for a long time as well. That's been a, a feature of most of our games for the last sort of yeah, probably five years. Cool. And he's recently got a soft top one. And I've got a classic army minigun that I've modified to be able to pimple mount gun. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so we're going to get that on the on top of the little Vitara next year. Uh, <laughs> and I've got a, I bought a. Uh, do you know the big Mitsubishi Delica? Yes, vaguely, yeah. I think yeah. I know the one you're on about. kind of looks like a people carrier uh, on a 4x4 chassis. Yeah. Um, so I bought one of those last year and we were using that as an in-game vehicle uh, the last protector, like cramming all the Taliban in the back and running them up and down mountains. And that was <laughs> really ideal. And I want to slice a hole in the roof of that and put the minigun on top. But 
Yams keeps telling me not to ruin it because it's, it's quite a nice car. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. I, I say I moved to Australia and uh, I might have to sell it, so probably slicing a hole in the roof and painting it green is probably not a great idea. Yeah. Just limits your market a bit, you know? <laughs> yeah, I suppose, yeah, you got to think about the resale of this. Yeah. So, I don't know. But I, I, I might take the Delica to Australia with me and you know, be the first airsoft vehicle dude in Australia run rings around people, that would be <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be a good idea actually, I was just yeah, thinking yeah. that you could take that to Australia yeah, and it's you know, I could sit in there in the aircon and all the scary spiders would be outside and I'd be fine <laughs> yeah, well it's, it's certainly been awesome following what you've been doing and looking at the, the work you've put into those and um, like guys, you need to check this out as well, uh, but yeah it's been awesome chatting to you um I thought we'd just sort of soften the whole politics thing because albeit people may not necessarily find it the most interesting of topics, at the end of the day it is with the interest of everybody listening. Yeah, it is. To... Uh, that, definitely, I hate doing it. You know, I would much rather be like, you know, fixing myself guns, playing games, doing other hobbies. Uh, I, I, it's not fun at all. Uh, but um, it goes the same for everyone else who's in this airsoft politics game. We'd it's not by choice, it's a pain in the arse and we'd rather not bore you with it but we've got to keep doing it because you've got to be if you're into airsoft or firearms you've got to be political unfortunately because uh, we're, we've been politicised you know our hobby has been politicised yeah for sure, for sure and it, like, all I can say really is to everyone involved with you Kapu and the EAA uh, thank you from me for keeping it going and I'm sure I speak on behalf of the community when I, when I say that yeah the cheers the day. Um, well, I'll pass on your thanks to the UCAPI yeah. team like well, I say I'm, I'm just consulting for UCAPI now yeah. and those guys are putting the effort in but they were yeah they appreciate good feedback you know because they get a lot of abuse so uh, yeah it's quite unfounded too. really because at the end of the day they've got our interests at heart you'd think just support them you know i mean it's free to support these guys and it sign is. up to ucapu at the end yep. of the day you can choose to go for the gold membership but or the silver membership but i mean the bronze is free you, you just sign up and you're part of ucapu and yeah it's uk slash join and you just fill out a form and then you become a member and you know and we can use that support to make good things happen for everyone and and they have an AGM every year, which by the time this episode goes out will have just been and gone. So I'll be updating people with what I learn there with what's going on in Airsoft and that. Um, oh, you come into this one, Andy? Yep. Ah, oh, sweet as. Oh, I'll see what's yeah. out there. Yeah, it's yeah, it's the first year I've been able to and known about it, so I thought I'll, I'll ah, turn up. Um, or it was nice to see you the other Saturday when this goes out. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a good social, to be honest. Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. It, it was a good game, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah it this this is a thing uh, as well. You know, they yeah, they've got an AGM every year. People will be like, oh, why are we going to a meeting? But there's a game. Yeah, it's a game and uh, it's a good bunch of blokes. And uh, and we chat about some stuff afterwards, which you, you know, might give you a bit of insight into what's going on in Airsoft, really. It's, yeah. it's definitely worth a pop. Uh, well, next year, I guess, if you're listening to this, then you should come next year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Definitely come next year. Uh, sign up. We we want to get these guys' numbers up as well, because you think about the the membership of UCAPU and how many people theoretically actively play in the UCAPU. I say theoretically because mm. there's no way of pinpointing the exact number, but um, yeah, 
how many people there are. The, the numbers are quite small compared to how many players there are. Yeah, definitely. There's like 6,000 UK Airsoft Players Union members, I think. And yeah. the government reckons there's 60,000 Airsoft players. So, yeah. And, and it's free, so yeah, it's not really an excuse for it being that much of a disparity, you know? It's almost like they took a figure and multiplied it by 10. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you do wonder. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Right, anyway, Matt, thanks for your time. Thanks for coming on the show. It's been awesome talking to you from my perspective and learning more about just what's been going on in the background. And uh, here's looking to the future. Yeah, cheers, Andy. Uh, always a pleasure. Um, anytime that we pop on, I'm more than happy. Uh, I'm always glad to ram my opinions down people's throats. <laughs> well, well, we'll definitely get you back on, uh, hopefully, with one of the Australian guys in the future to sort of go through what's been going on there once they're part of the community and how things are progressing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know exactly the men you want to talk to. Uh, and, yeah, if you, you know, if we sort of talk to them in, I don't know, six months' time, I think they'll have a lot of very exciting news for us. And, yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah, we'll have a whole new Western nation joining the airsoft community. I mean, that's like, oh, yeah, it's going to be brilliant. Yeah, it's awesome. Right, Matt, where can people find you? Uh, I am, if you do a search for Airsoft Fury on Facebook, you can see my Facebook page, uh, and that's where I put stuff up uh, well general airsoft musings really it's not a very serious thing uh, and I've got an airsoft channel which I don't update very often uh, on YouTube again that airsoft fury I've got some pretty good videos from the previous uh, James in the Czech Republic though so you want to check those out uh, Australian airsoft news that's on Facebook and the website's coming out soon uh, Airsoft org is the European Airsoft Association. They're also on Facebook, and my buddies over in Ukapu are on www.ukapu.org.uk, and of course Facebook, and yeah. uh, and find me at your local airsoft site as well. I guess. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, from me, guys, that's it for this week. Uh, go check out Ukapu. Uh, sign up. It's free. They're supporting the community. They're keeping airsoft going. It's well worth it. And also, make sure you go vote in the Popular Airsoft Awards as well. Uh, you've only got till February, so get going, get clicking, tell your friends and everything. Uh, thanks again to Matt for his time tonight and taking the time out of his evening to come and talk to me. Uh, that's it for this week. Join me next week on the Chairsofter Show. Take care of each other, look after each other, take your hits, play with honour, don't be a dick, and I'll see you guys next time. Bye for now. <laughs>